Today's episode is brought to you by John Bianchi of Blue Comet Media. Every decision I make, I try to look out for people. And that's just what it's all about and make sure their voice is heard. And I, can I use an example real quick? One is the decision to allow Black Lives Matter Apex to have a peaceful protest in downtown Apex. Mm-hmm. And I knew it would be a decision that would not be popular, but I made a decision to allow it. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Well, hello and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And today in the studio, y'all, we're like next level. We're going political. We got the mayor of Apex <laughs> up in here. So don't be afraid. Don't don't turn the channel off. We're actually not going deep into politics. You know that our show better than that. We're going to have fun today. Yeah, we are so, going to have fun. Yep. It's going to be a fun time. So today we do have Jacques Gilbert. He is the mayor of our of my town. Not your town. Not my town. My town. <laughs> You're like my right. neighbor town. Yeah, my town. Yeah, so um, of Apex, North Carolina. And uh, we are really excited to have you here today. So thank you so much for joining us. It is my pleasure. And you messed up. You said my town. Our town. It's the only town. It is the only town. <laughs> the peak of good with, living. It is that's the peak right. Of good living. With a mayor by the name of Jacques Gilbert. Right. I cleared that up. So <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for setting me straight. I really do. Like, I live in downtown. Like, I walk to the community. I was like, you're center. walking distance. I, I'm walking distance to everything. Like, I'm two blocks from the chamber. I'm like right. a quarter mile from the town hall. And I it's, do feel like it's my town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think every citizen claims that. It's yeah. my town because they're that proud of it. It's just yes. a great place to live and raise mm. a family. And mm. uh, I've been there my entire life, so it is my town, too. Yeah. 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 My hubby and I are date nighting in, in your town tonight, so. Where are you going? Hanging out. I don't know yet. We're going to go downtown Apex somewhere. Not sure exactly well, I mean, downtown Apex is a block and a half. I know, so but one real. of those restaurants. <laughs> but y'all I mean, let's be real restu- about it. <laughs> I just know that I want to end it with fresh local ice cream at the end yeah, of the date. Like, um, that needs to happen. Go with banana pudding mixed with, what is that? Oh, man, what did I normally mix it with? Oh, butter pecan. Butter pecan, Ooh. yeah. That's Mix what my husband did yes. that. And oh, my goodness. He, Scott did that the last time. He was like, that is amazing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm on it. I'm I'll, allergic I'll to bananas. I'll report back Please and let do. you know how yes. it is. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it's yeah. wonderful. I can't eat it because I'm allergic to bananas. but And they oh, put fresh no. in there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, it's a very sad life that I live. I'm allergic to bananas <laughs> and avocado. <laughs> the avocado, that's painful. I know. No guacamole. Yeah. yeah, painful. No banana pudding for me. <laughs> no hummingbird cake. Wow. No, Yeah. Girls who do stuff. But not that not stuff. Bananas. Not bananas. <laughs> it's very sad. So I actually didn't know that you had grown up there like your whole life and everything. So tell me about that. How? Because then you've seen the evolution of Apex. Good word, evolution. Yes, I born and raised in Apex, 600 First Street, which is in an area called Justice Heights, predominantly black neighborhood of uh, Apex. Not many people know that. But um, just down Salem Street, make a right on Lynch Street, which mm-hmm. is an interesting thing we're dealing with. But uh, First Street branches off of that. But uh, yeah, I remember the town being about 3,000 citizens. I remember there was a sign that said, welcome to Apex, population 3,000. Mm-hmm. And now we're at 67,000. Wow. So um, definitely an evolution. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Some people think differently, but 
I like the people that have come to Apex and made it a great place to live. Why do you think some people feel differently? It's all about change. And as humans, we have a tough time embracing change. Mm -hmm. It's just something that, you know, it's a quiet town. And I think people don't want to lose that small town character. Right. And I think we can still maintain that and grow at the same time. Yeah. The fact that the downtown is still cute and adorable. I don't, I don't see Apex as being a big town. I still Mm -hmm. see it as a small town. It's funny. It's deceiving because until you're a resident of Apex or until you actually look at the map, you don't realize how widespread Apex goes Mm -hmm. and how some of those, there's the incorporated part and then there's the unincorporated part. And there's like these like tentacles that like spread out like, and where like Fuquay and Raleigh and Holly Springs and Apex all meet is like anybody looking at a map would be like, oh, that's Raleigh, but it's not. Right. 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 That takes me back to my police days. Uh, we always looked at the the city limit signs in, in the jurisdiction. Like we would come to a point where there was a traffic crash, for example, and you were sitting there, whose accident is it? Right. Carry, Apex, Iowa Patrol. So those boundary lines are uh, deceiving and you don't realize how big Apex really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So you went from police chief and then to mayor. What... I recently read your post that you put online about what prompted that. Share with our audience about your vision for going police captain. Yep, police captain. Captain. Many sorry. people actually think a captain is a chief, which is okay with me. Thanks for the promotion. Right. But, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, did you, you wanted that level I'm of responsibility, like, I, so you just jumped a few steps ahead, right. right? I wanted the uh, title, but not the responsibility. Right. But uh, chief, the captain role is directly reports to the chief, so mm-hmm. I was second in command. But uh, for me, it was uh, 29 years. I felt like I had reached my the end of my assignment at Apex PD, and I wanted to retire. I had my time in, but I wasn't tired yet. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just transition to something different and still take the town in a positive direction. There were limitations at the police captain role mm-hmm. or assignment, and I thought being the, uh, the mayor of the town, I could really get more done and help more people. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason I did it. What is the type of systemic change you want to see get done? There's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I just want communication to be better Mm -hmm. from the citizens to town government. When voices are not heard, it's really hard to take a town in the right direction. Yep. So we need more community engagement and I want to be accessible and provide that voice for people. I also think we can improve in what we're experiencing today the current situation with the police divide Mm -hmm. with the community at the mayor level. I want people to understand that reform is necessary and it's not a bad thing. It actually makes things better for our town and we can serve the citizens better. Mm -hmm. So with that, I think I bring a different perspective and experience to um, start right here in our own hometown Mm -hmm. and uh, in our own police department and make that change and become a model maybe for the rest of the nation. Totally. And one of the things that, you're making me think of is the skate park. Yes, that's right? where I was going. That's I my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> that's why we. Do, that's why we are the girls who do stuff, Sarah. <laughs> that's right. It's, it's illustrating the point. Yes. Because the skate park, for our listeners, there's this. All right. So legitimately, like Apex is a tiny town. When I say that the main downtown area is a block and a half, I am not shitting you. That's it's, true. It, right. That's the it's, real. Right. And it's great and it's cute and it's. But there are needs that are growing, and there's this great skate park that you were integral in developing. And so I want you to share about that, but it's one of those things that like you took your role as police captain 
and expanded it like it was like your pre-mayorship. <laughs> I like well, that. And honestly, <laughs> awesome. what I took most from the article is about the communication where you were like, there became this adversarial relationship between the skateboarders and police. And so instead of it becoming this power over and power and control issue, it was like nobody was communicating. And that's what you just said. You're like mm. people. And so we needed to communicate. And when you took the time to, to communicate with the, the people who wanted the skate park and the skateboarders who are like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a high schooler. I want to have something fun to do rather than just like sitting at home or getting into trouble. That's when you open up those lines of communication, that's where solutions can come from. And that's where you came up with the solution. So that's what I took from that article. Is, Thank you. Communication. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I brought her the suburban living. I was she like, did. you have to read oh. this yes. because Mary Gilbert's going to be on. Yes. Awesome. Yes. You did your homework. I love it. <laughs> But what we're doing now is that communication. You're giving me an opportunity to uh, people to know Jacques Gilbert better. Mm -hmm. And I really want to thank you for doing that because I'm just a citizen, just like the rest of our community members. I want people to look at me as like their neighbor mm -hmm. um, who happens to have the assignment as mayor. Mm -hmm. So no different than you are. So I have a family as well. But this particular situation as a captain, at the time, I didn't even answer calls anymore. I just had, happened to hear on the radio. But I did know that there was a citizen who was crying out for help mm -hmm. and what they were sleeping. They wanted to sleep 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, this particular citizen worked night shift. Mm -hmm. So there was this young man skateboarding in his own driveway doing kick flips. You don't know what kick flips are. They make a lot of noise. Yep. It makes a lot. They were just simply trying to get some rest. So I said, this is interesting. I'll respond. And I got their side of the story. And then they pointed out the residents. So I walked over there and knocked on a door and who answers the door? I can actually call his name because we share the story all the time. But Tracy Stallworth. And I said, Tracy, it's you and I again. I run you away from grocery store parking lots, church parking lots, mm -hmm. downtown, the depot. Just always had run-ins with Tracy. And it was always just, we didn't understand each other. Mm -hmm. I saw him as a skateboarder creating problems. Mm -hmm. And he saw me as a police officer creating problems for him. Mm -hmm. And that led to a conversation. And I said, you can't skate in your own driveway. And he says, I can't skateboard in my own driveway. I said, no, sir, you're making too much noise. It's against our noise ordinance. You have to stop. And he said again, I can't skateboard in my own driveway. I and, said, no. And I'm yeah. sitting here thinking, if that were me. I would have been like, watch, watch me. You go and see what I do. Yeah. Well, and what's so important about this story is that is his gift. And so for him, it wasn't like this whole don't do that. It was you taking away his gift That's and right. his calling. And so it, we really have to think about that as when we're trying to control or have power over mm -hmm. somebody, are we robbing them of what their actual gift is of mm -hmm. what they're here to do to serve and impact and inspire the world? That's strong right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need I to mean, pass a collection plate. Use yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if, if Mary Gilbert was the one that, or at that time, Captain Gilbert had said that to Tony Hawk? Right. Right. Wow, that's good. Or Sean White. Right. Yes, that's or, what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That's So what did Tracy, <laughs> ultimately, what did Tracy do? Tracy walked <laughs> in the house and said, okay. And Jacques Gilbert got back in his police car mm -hmm. and drove two blocks away. And I was convicted because I said, man, I just shut down a gift. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I knocked on the door and I said, Tracy, I want to work with you. And he slammed the door in my face. So what did I do? I knocked on the door again, mm -hmm. said, I really want to work with you. He slammed the door in my face again. This went on for about um, three minutes. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, he agreed to meet me at um, Chick-fil-A and Apex at 5.01 p.m. on a Friday. Mm -hmm. 
because I had to be off work to discuss this with him. So we met. I got there at 501, and Tracy wasn't there. 515, no Tracy. 530, no Tracy. So I said he stood me up. So I exited a restaurant, and as soon as I walk out, I hear skateboard wheels. <laughs> That's right. And I started laughing. I was like, okay, we might have something here. Yeah. So Tracy showed up with two of his friends, and we went back inside. And I bought them a number one with lemonade. Yeah. And that always does a great <laughs> peace. It's those fries. And that's it, the does, fries. it does bring peace. <laughs> food <laughs> always. Right? Food is the say, bridge, people. Food right. is always the bridge. That's those so waffle true. fries and Chick-fil-A sauce will get me every time. Man, what you talking about? Oh, wow. <laughs> true. Yeah, so it was a conversation. And we started with that. And I tell you, it's, I'm ashamed to say this, but at the same time, it needs to be told. Tracy showed me something that wasn't good with Jacques Gilbert. And that was, although I was a man who really cared about people, but I let my role as a police officer take control. Mm -hmm. And I saw it as, I was seeing him as a stereotype. Right. He was a skateboarder and they all caused you problems. You profiled him. I did. Mm -hmm. I really did. So for you, you said that was like the mirror, right? That was the mirror moment for the mirror for you of, oh, wait. Instead of being human to human, I have basically utilized, I'm abusing my power right now, essentially. That's true. And how is that? What can you, since you've had that mirror moment, once you have a mirror moment, you're more likely to be able to see it in other people. And right. so now that you've had it, you can see it in other people. So then what do you do moving forward? I try to get people to hear that story and allow them to see it could be in all of us. Mm -hmm. And we have to look at, our neighbors as if it was us and treat them the way we want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And, and I will say this, it became a mirror for Tracy also. And he shared that, wow, I looked at all police officers the same. And now I have a young, I have a, I say young man, but a young police officer that is sitting in front of me and wants to help me. Yep. And uh, that was a change mm -hmm. that we needed in our community. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, it, it had a great outcome yep. of a million dollar skate park. And that one situation, that one relationship. That one interaction. Ripple, exactly. Like it was, it was one interaction. So if you had not taken the time to answer that call, right? Yes. Like you, like, just think about this. Cause I'm like, this is big picture shit right yes. now. Yes. That's right. So <laughs> <laughs> it is. You, yeah. Like, Cause you said you didn't answer calls anymore. You were administrative. That's right. And you just happen to hear this thing. You're like, I'll go. Let's see what happens. And all of this coming, like just blooming from that one decision right of you not sending that call to somebody else because it had to be you that answered that call because mm -hmm. it had to be you to have that mirror moment and him to have that mirror moment and then the ripple effects of the positive impact for all the other skaters and for him telling the story not all cops are profiling us and abusing their power look at this you know what i mean so again it's this one moment that can have the ripple effects of positive change mm -hmm. okay. so was that the moment where you realized that you could have a greater impact if you moved away from that police role into this next thing and that led to your decision to run for mayor? I would say after the skate park was constructed and, you, and I started seeing the amount of people that continue to enjoy that, it just gave me another confirmation. Like you answered a call, not really understanding what the outcome would be because we didn't really know. Oh, so All I know is that skating was not accepted in Apex. And there's a whole lot more I can share about that and how when the skate park was constructed, and how people were calling me like, they're up there with no shirts on. 
you got to shut the skate park oh down. Oh my God, right. that's oh, was the, crazy. the community wow. policing. Yes. Even now, even with, I've seen it on the next door. <laughs> yes, really. It is bananas. Like people who like, are like. Stop looking. Like, <laughs> right. Are you that offended? Keep walking. Oh, and that that's not it. They're like, Do you realize they're using bad words up there? And I said, you probably hear more in the school, to be honest. But you're going to hear yes. that. Um, and you started in the schools, right? I did. Yeah. I spent seven years as a school resource officer at Apex mm-hmm. High. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes when, sense then. Yeah. I got to, because what you said, yes, of answering the call. Yes. Because Without knowing the outcome. Right. Because when everything happened this year with COVID and social unrest, and I know we've talked about this, it felt like a bat signal where I was like, we are required to answer this call. Mm-hmm. And it this memory keeps playing in my head. In sixth grade, I took the bus to school and I always sat in the same place on the bus and there was always a seat in front of me. And this one girl, she didn't come all the time, but when she did, she always sat in front of me and she like, now that I'm older, I know that it, she was just very poor. They didn't shower. And so she literally had things crawling in her hair and like she smelled and she would get bullied and she would always sit in front of me because I would not be the one bullying but I was also not I didn't say you didn't anything stand up. you didn't stand up and I like that's such a lesson and so that I was like never again when I hear the call when I hear the call I have to answer it and mm-hmm. answer it isn't just isn't just not bullying it's you answer it and you do something you speak up you do something mm-hmm. and so that's really been like I'm like the bat signal is out, people. We have to answer the call this year. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And I think that what I'm hearing from you is some people don't answer the call. They're hesitant to answer the call is because they're more concerned about what others may think. And possibly it may not turn out the way people want it to turn out. Right. The, the master. Totally. Because in that be situation, yes. Yeah. In that situation, it was probably not the safest right. for me to, I would have then been targeted. But I took my line of privilege of I'm a white female who's sitting here quietly not messing with anybody. And I was like, if I don't speak up, they'll leave me alone. But that's totally, that was me utilizing privilege rather than having the courage to stand up and, you know. What a powerful Mm -hmm. statement. Right. Leadership, I like that. Mm -hmm. You want to run for mayor? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I wouldn't get past the Apple research. (laughs) You gotta be honest. I'll consult. I'll be your campaign manager. There you go. Yes, you can be my- Got a campaign manager. Let's just end the show right now. Let's go for it. But it is, it's, it's such an important lesson though, right? That Mm -hmm. we learn to not just heed the call, but learn how to effectively communicate and heed the call, right? Because it's more like you could have stepped up, Mm -hmm. but there's always the opportunity to step up and and speak up. Yep. Especially when we're talking about kids and bullying and and all of those things. And that's one of the things that we tell my son all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you see something that someone is being picked on. If you see something, say something. Yep. Right. But, and it doesn't, people think answering the call has to be this big thing. He answered the call by going to the house and knocking on the door and saying, let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And refusing to keep the door closed. Yeah. Really, I had to just keep going. Yep. Right. And And it uh, was those tiny decisions. It started with answering the call. And then going back and then continuing to get the tours. <laughs> Being patient and sitting there for 30 and minutes at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yes. 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 And that, and I think sometimes it is, it's, it's costly as you move forward. And I didn't share the part about there were more meetings at Chick-fil-A that continued to grow with more skateboarders mm-hmm. end up being at 1.60 skateboarders inside of Chick-fil-A. Wow. And that was 60 
number one. Right. Limo- <laughs> and your wife is, and what are we doing? Right. Did we just adopt 60 kids? Right. Is that what's happening? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. And I will say, having met both of your children, they are phenomenal human beings. Thank you. His daughter works at the Chamber, mm-hmm. and his son was one of our models. He's going to be on the cover of the Chamber magazine for 2021. Yes. FYI. Thank- yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> my daughter, she will tell you that she is actually the mayor of Apex, that she does everything for me. She was my campaign manager. She's my communications director. So she is really She's the mayor. The, the, I you're love the puppet, it. It's a puppet regime. That's and correct. Calabria is the one. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. No, Logan, I can see that. Yeah. And my She's son, a he's a force to be guy. reckoned with. She's, awesome. she's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been a great ride so far. And, and I would have to say my family, my entire family, my wife and my two kids, having that support at home mm-hmm. encourages me to keep, you know, moving forward. When did you go into office? December 3rd, 2019 mm-hmm. was when I was oh, sworn like in. right before everything. Happened. That's okay. right. Okay, so, so what I'm noticing in, because my town is Holly Springs, and so what I'm noticing in Holly Springs, and obviously the culture, the situation with our mayor, mayor is much different, but that because everybody is feeling the bat signal and hearing the call and they're heeding the call and they're speaking up, are you noticing, are you feeling that pressure to be very mindful of the things that you say and what you post and for your family too? Yes and no. I would say we all would desire to be impulsive when we see things on social media. So I have to put the brakes on a lot. Mm-hmm. And my daughter Calabria has helped me out with that. But it, it was the right call to just take a deep breath and never react. Mm-hmm. Take time and respond. So, yeah, I have received a lot of scrutiny on decisions I've made since the pandemic and then also social unrest. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because people expected me to go one way and I went a different direction. Mm-hmm. Every decision I make, I try to look out for people mm-hmm. and that's just what it's all about and make sure their voice is heard. Mm-hmm. And I can I use an example real quick. One is the decision to allow Black Lives Matter Apex to have a peaceful protest in downtown Apex. Mm-hmm. And I knew it would be a decision that would not be popular, but I made a decision to allow it. So can we talk about that? Because I only heard about that through like people that I knew that were there. And so can you share with our audience what happened that day? I would say what happened, and if I can take it a step before, we had two young people who contacted my office and asked me if they could have a peaceful protest with the police there. They have nothing against the police. They just want to see change in their community. And I said, let's have a meeting about it. So we invited the police chief. We invited a town manager. And their entire group, they brought eight people and my daughter was there and we had a conversation and I said, I want to know, why do you want to do this? And they just said, we represent many people in our community who need their voice heard, mm-hmm. voices heard, experiences that not, you don't know anything about and we think the community needs to know about it. And so the next decision was, where do we have it? Mm-hmm. And there was talks about having it in a park because the park is contained you don't have to worry about it pouring out into the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, my response was, no, we're going to have it in downtown Apex. Mm-hmm. If we're going to do it, we're going to make a statement mm-hmm. because it's good for the people. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't well received. But I knew it was a moment we had to experience for our town. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if we did it right and add a march to it, but we called it a unity walk, mm-hmm. it was in a powerful message. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And uh, at the peaceful protest. There were people speaking and every, it started out with 
we want to thank the police department for providing security and being here to listen. Mm-hmm. And that was powerful. Mm-hmm. So I think that set the tone. And uh, you had people that came up and, and uh, they shared words. And it was just a great display of unity that mm-hmm. day that ended with the police on my right, the protesters on my left, and my family in the middle. We locked arms and we walked down Salem Street. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you why this was a powerful moment for me. It's because in, in 1991, about a year of me taking oath as a police officer in Apex, my first protest was on Salem Street. And I had to stand there in uniform with gear on. And uh, there were members of another group with white hoods mm-hmm. and uh, white robes that walked the street and uh, shouted things at me. Mm-hmm. That was very disturbing. Mm-hmm. So for us to walk down Salem Street that day, walking in unity, it was redemption. To say this is what our town is all about. Mm-hmm. It's not about racism. It's about unity. Mm-hmm. So that was a very strong moment, powerful moment for Apex. Mm-hmm. And healing, I would assume and, for you. And healing. So you said that you've gotten scrutiny for some of the things that have happened since you've been in office and the decisions. How do you cope with such scrutiny? I was told, uh-huh. given a statement by many, I would say, politicians, because I said, hey, give me a nugget going in. I need to know these things. What should I always remember? And I always resort back to this. You can't make everybody happy. And I try to just lean on that. And you have to do what's, what you're being told to do and just go with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. And that's how I deal with it. And always give people an opportunity to share how they feel. And uh, so that's why I want to continue to be accessible mm-hmm. and give people that opportunity. Yep. So was there any shift after the unity walk and after the BLM protest in downtown Apex, which was executed. And I can't even say how well, like there's no word for me to articulate how well that was executed. Did you see any shifts after that of people who maybe were naysayers prior who then turned the, turned the corner and understood what the, how much empowerment that provided for the town and what it did for the town? I would love to say that happened but actually it didn't. But the positive side of that is it got people's attention and it opened up the door to share with people that we got to move toward change. And it, I I, I always say chaos brings out the character of people or Mm -hmm. lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing today. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm hopeful that we will continue to go in the right direction and apex needs this for people to come together and um, not make it about them, but for their entire community. I know. I saw a lot of activity on social media, people wishing that they had known it was happening. I did. Yep. We did get that. <laughs> yes. And, and I'll tell like, you. was like, wait, where, what is that? I totally would have participated if I had known this was happening today. Yeah. And yeah. Sure. One of the things that the people, the group that wanted to have this peaceful protest, they asked, actually asked us not to publicize it mm-hmm. because they were more concerned about other people coming yep, in mm-hmm. and hijacking their moment. Yeah, yep. So yep. we didn't do it. And it helped us also that we could control it better. And, and I thought that helped out tremendously. Is there ever any concern about the physical, mental, emotional safety of your family as a result of your position? For me, I don't worry about that because I know 
why I'm here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I've never been afraid to die. I'm just keeping it real. Mm-hmm. But for my family, yes, mm-hmm. I do, because I know people will use that as a way to target me. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we know as a family, we made this decision together mm-hmm. and we knew there would be challenges associated with it. We're going to continue to move forward as a family. Mm-hmm. What are some of the boundaries you implement for yourself and your family in order to keep keep sight of the purpose and the why? Sure. I'm a man of faith. That was that's that guides us, that gives us our foundation and gives us our purpose. Mm-hmm. So we always lean on that first and we pray together. But we also know that if we continue to encourage each other and we don't talk politics at home, mm-hmm. we, we just talk family. And uh, when we do that, we don't bring that stuff into our house. And then that could take you in a wrong direction real fast. And I got that advice from other politicians. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps out a lot. And I give my attention to my kids and say, I want to leave a legacy mm-hmm. and, uh, and hopefully they will follow that. And we just want to be a good example for other people. Mm-hmm. He's doing such a good job of let's just segue into this. <laughs> Y'all, we don't prep for these things. <laughs> and it's just, it's just natural flow. It's the natural magic. That's it. So what do you want your legacy to be? Whatever you've been told to do it, go for it 110% and, uh, and know that you're here to make change. You're here for a purpose. And when people say Jacques Gilbert, I want them to remember that was the man Jacques Gilbert was. Mm-hmm. When you're being called to do something, just answer the call and go for it. Mm-hmm. You good? My, no, I'm just, I'm soaking it all in. There's okay. so many questions that I have, but I'm like, jump in. I feel know. like I'm totally dominating. No, I'm, just, I'm letting it, the flow is good. Okay. It's uh, all good. What was something that you have, that was difficult for you to find the courage to speak up about? It's a good one. I would go back to my time at Apex Police Department. I think I was considered a minority there. And some of the things I would have liked to have seen done differently when it involves people, internal, not in the community. Mm-hmm. Because I believe we um, have lost a lot of good people who wore the uniform because we were heading a different way of policing and many people couldn't embrace that. Mm-hmm. And so I think they were probably not treated the best. And but I always re- remember that. I will continue to remember that and use that as more encouragement and more strength to continue to move forward as the mayor to make the changes we need in police reform. Mm-hmm. The way we're doing it now or we're moving toward is really the way we have to do it. And uh, we have to get people to understand change is necessary. Mm-hmm. And uh, so speaking about talking about speaking up, I felt like in the police department, I was at a level where I couldn't. Because it comes back down to this. You have a family and you're not at a level to where you're protected. So you have to go with the flow, so to speak. And I think a lot of people feel like they're in that bubble. It's Mm -hmm. that culture of you don't speak up because it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. That's right. That's Mm -hmm. not. It's it's a real thing. And and so that was something that you experienced. So the culture of the Apex Police Department as you were coming up was not one where you felt like you could speak up because there would be retaliation, there would be demotions or suppression of your growth or whatever. When did you start to see a shift that like, were you the only black police officer on the force? Yes. For a while, um, up until 2008. So and from, I started in 1990. I was, wow. <laughs> That's wow. Yeah. 
And when Do I we say have a that, mind blown sound effect. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I mean, because that's crazy. Like in and yeah, you know what we know now. Like that's just bananas. It's almost twenty years of really you being isolated as the one person of color. And I'll say this: we had people of color that came through the agency. They were only there for a short time. They were in and out less than two years. We just couldn't keep people there, sustain that. Why do you think that is? Because they felt they didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. So what made it different that you felt like you belonged? For me, I knew I had to stay because I knew a lot of people were depending on me to continue to move forward. So despite, so you didn't feel like you belonged, but you felt the call that you had to stay. It's interesting. That- I felt like I belonged more in my first 10 years than I did my letter. Oh, fascinating. That's fascinating. And I know that sounds strange. We were smaller then. And the one thing that I would say my mother was so concerned about, first of all, she didn't like support the decision about me becoming a police. We know why my mama's boy. But she was just so concerned about you're going into an agency where you're the only black man. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that something's going to happen to you. The layers of her fear ran deep. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, you're my mom, you're my boy and you're going to be a police officer and that's a dangerous profession. No, she was considering you as a black man in a predominantly white community. That's right. In a position of power, but where you were going to be treated as a second class citizen based on her experiences. Based on her experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that all almost stopped me from becoming a police because when I was so proud of that moment when I decided to become a police and I went back to my community members and said, hey, I'm going to be a police officer in Apex, you would have thought I told them I was going to become a career criminal Mm. because it was just not accepted thing. Was it a betrayal to them? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I was dealing with that and then I was also dealing with the uncertainty of being in the police department. But actually those men in the police department at the time, all of them embraced me. And treated me as their brother. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how that worked out. It was just that small core group of people in the police department that we became a family. I think that makes sense, though, because mm-hmm. when it's that small core group, you have those relationships, you have that That's communication. Good. He's all got to keep me alive if we're out there together. So, mm-hmm. yes. but as it gets bigger, people, the mass, the masses, they're dispendable. The they're, group dynamic. Have, exactly. The group dynamic Ooh. of I yeah. have. 10 other people to watch my back rather than one. And so that necessity and that ability to build the rapport, have the relationship, have that quality time decreases. Yeah. You it don't decre- have that well, relationship. And it, it breaks down the biases that are existing. Like, like it ba- smaller it, groups, yeah. smaller groups mm-hmm. break down the biases faster. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you are spending so much time together. Mm-hmm. Like John Herring was saying, there's only three of you. And right. then, when you're off shift, you're doing security at the hip hop club. I remember those days. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was our favorite story. That was, you know what I mean? Yes. But like, it's those types of things where you're looking and then, so as the town grows and the department grows, and then that does make sense why you would have felt like there was a, a disconnect as it got bigger, okay. but you were promoted still. Yes, like, I was promoted. I mean, I, I think what you did ha- good things. Yeah. And I think I had the support of the community, which allowed me to attain a rank of sergeant and then captain and the community helped me out because mm-hmm. it was one of those things like we have to mm-hmm. because he's engaged with the community. We know him. He does a great job. And I think that helped me out tremendously. The pandemic has radically shifted how consumers interact with brands and local businesses. Are you taking advantage of the digital tools available to business owners online? 
Do you have questions about which channel to use but not sure where to start? Get in touch with John Bianchi of Blue Comet Media. He can help answer your questions. Blue Comet offers free assessments of your online presence. So check out our website at bluecomet.media or call 914-260-8609 to schedule your complimentary consultation today. So did you always take the avenue of having the conversations first and reacting second or... Would would you like fly off the fly off the cuff and, and maybe behave in a way that you might regret later? So in the police academy, you are it's ingrained in you that you are in control. You are the police. You are in control, and of course that gives you a different mindset mm-hmm. because you're so not in control, right? <laughs> like it's like it's so counterintuitive because well, you show false, up. False it's a false pretense. narrative. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you show up proud. I'm the man with the badge. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you do exactly what I tell you to do. So you get trained that way because oh they gosh, think that they're like protecting you, like you have to be in control, but they never really focus on relationships. And uh, that really, first two years, probably more impulsive. Mm-hmm. And essentially then it's the training, and I'm like hesitant to say this because I don't want it to... Well, so essentially, we'll give the flag to Joe. Yeah, it's making me think of high school, and yeah. so my high school, we there was a called the IB program, and you had to apply. Blah blah blah. International baccalaureate. Correct. For those that don't know what IB means, <laughs> and I, I wish you could see me rolling my eyes. Can you she hear the eyes? Really yeah. 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 They throughout the entire four years of high school, they indoctrinated us as far as you are better, you are smarter, mm-hmm. you are the elite. You're, and I was like. Y'all sent half people out there as narcissists and you turn them into narcissist assholes. And so in the department, the training is basically we're indoctrinating you to think you're better than people, that you're more powerful than people. You're indoctrinating them mm-hmm. to be assholes and then being like, and now go and out. And now you have a gun. And now you have a gun. Go out into the world. That's and right. don't, but don't shoot any <laughs> like that. because our insurance is going to have to pay. Like it's, it, it's so backwards. And it, 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 that's the problem is it was never about relationships. It was about law and order. We have to have that in our communities and this is how you get it done. But actually now I tell people don't do it because you can do it because you feel like you have to in this moment. Every scenario is different. Just because, Just you, because can you can doesn't, doesn't mean you have to. Doesn't yeah. mean you should. Yeah. yeah. And so do you And relationship, that- relationship, relationship, yeah. relationship, relationship. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> That's it. We got that. So are you, are so if you had the magic wand to say, okay, like bibbity bobbity boo, this is how we're training moving forward for the Apex Police Department, would you focus on like more of a peace officer versus a police officer, right? Like the... No, because then Hunger Games. No. Oh, no, I'm not talking. <laughs> but that's the first image that comes into my brain so is what, Hunger Games. So what comes into my brain is like Baltimore and the way that they had the community policing, which was peace officers. They were not police officers. They were, they got to know members of their community they made rounds. I can tell you, so I had an experience with the Apex Police Department. My only experience with the Apex Police Department was last year when we moved into our tiny house in downtown Apex, mm-hmm. where we didn't realize we needed a lock on the, we didn't realize the fence didn't latch all the way. We had been there for five days. Mm-hmm. And I was in the, I don't know, my husband and I were both in the bedroom. I was, we were folding laundry or whatever. Like we had literally just moved into the house. I don't remember what we were doing. But the windows were open, like the kids were running around the backyard. It was great. All of a sudden, like I'm, my kids come running and screaming, crying. I don't know. My daughter couldn't even speak. 
and because she was sobbing so hard and my son was trying to explain what happened and all of a sudden from the front door we hear this man's voice is somebody gonna come talk to me and we were like what is happening (laughs) right like nicholas buried the lead right Right. like there's a police officer (laughs) standing at the door you need to go talk to him not like i'm trying to figure out why but the little one's crying and screaming she had gotten out the fence and was running on the sidewalk next which we live on center street so it's it is what it is but she wasn't far away from the house. Like she wasn't, he wasn't bringing her home. <laughs> oh, so that was you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that I, was didn't, I didn't know anything I, well, about it. <laughs> But so like he, I, and as I'm trying to get through this, like figure out what's happening, I'm carrying her, comforting her. I'm going to the door and he's, you know, he was pissed and he was angry and he wasn't listening and he wasn't uh, like able to do anything. He was off shift. It was the patrol sergeant. He was off sh- or lieutenant was off, had just apparently gotten off shift and saw her running down the fence. And of course, she was in her underwear. I was like, "You're a little baby girl. <laughs> what was she wearing?" She was not naked. <laughs> rule in our house, like the basic rule is, you cannot go out the front door naked. I was like, you Samantha's in either in her underwear or in her swimsuit. That's right. what she's usually That's what in. She's, yeah, so rule, she was in. Yeah. Right, so she's and I get it. Right, and so Nicholas apparently ran after her, or whatever. But he sent a patrol officer to our house. Like he wouldn't listen. He was not in a position to. He wasn't in a mindset where he was, he could see anything other than my child was, I had put my child at risk and ignored mm-hmm. my child and I was a neglectful parent and, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there going, I, I don't even understand what just happened. I don't even right. know what just happened. Right. right. And he stood out in front of our door until the patrol officer showed up. And I was like, and he's, I can't let this go. I can't let this go. I can't let this go. And I was like, if you would just listen to me for a minute, mm-hmm. I would really appreciate it. And I was thinking of that and I even said to my husband, I said, can you imagine what would have happened if we were black? Mm-hmm. I turned after everybody left. They would have taken left. Samantha away. It would yeah. have been like, I, and I said, you this go, is, social worker. And this is where, like, I was like, and that's what I said. I was like, can you imagine if we were black or Latina or uh, right. like some person of color? Like this would have gone so differently. Mm-hmm. And I had to check my privilege in the moment because I was totally trying to use my privilege and being like, Look, I'm a social worker. Like, I'm not going to neglect my child. Right. Like, right. they were literally in the backyard three seconds ago, and this is just what happened. But those experiences, right? That's my experience with the Apex PD now. That's what lives in my head. When I hear that there are things happening, my default is going to be, of course they are, because I'm going to lump them all together. That I, Now, in all fairness, the patrol officer was like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I don't cool. need to be here. Mm-hmm. I don't. I totally understand, but he's not going to let this go. So I'm just going to write some things down and don't worry about it. And here's my card and call me if you have any other trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. He was like, I, I got it, Lieutenant. I'm totally on it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like he was, She's winking your he was so embarrassed like that he had to be there because he was like, I, I don't. Did under- you ask the Lieutenant where you like, do you have children? <laughs> like, because it can happen yes. like that where they're in the backyard. Yes. And then they're not in the backyard. right, and it was it was, but it was one of those experiences that you, like in the moment, you're just like, but I don't understand. <laughs> what though is that? What's more, like a bigger picture of that is that your children's first experience with a police officer is trauma, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know what you said about you don't you didn't take the time to listen, and he would have learned. Wow, this is a mother 
and a professional that mm-hmm. would not allow this. It just happened. And I think that's where we, that's the disconnect. We just, right. they don't take, we don't take time to listen. I keep saying right. we, like yeah. I'm still a police. Yeah. But yeah. Many right. We don't right. take time to listen. We don't right. make yeah. assumptions rather than right. using it as a teaching moment for right. Samantha. Of Because I'm sure in the officer's mind, he's like, you're on a main street. She could have got, if right. she would have darted, she could have right. gotten yep. hit. Absolutely. So I he's know trying exactly. to protect. Yeah. And so if he would have had that conversation with you guys of, and sat down with Samantha and been like, listen, sweetheart, that's a very busy street. And use it as a teaching yep. moment of I'm an officer here to protect. Well, and the the flip side of that was, and you probably remember this, is that for the next six months, anytime we saw an Apex police officer and we walked downtown. There are police officers. We can walk to the police department from our house. And she would get scared. Wow. And that's the Mm -hmm. residual, right? Like we can have those conversations now. It's far enough removed. My son understands, like whatever. But for her to be scared Mm -hmm. of the helpers is like the farthest thing that I would ever want for my child. And again, I'm putting it through the lens of, can you imagine what would happen Mm -hmm. if we were persons of color? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The question about what do we do? Mm -hmm. And I think it's all about compassion. It's really compassionate policing and empathy. I'm like, but they don't. Sorry. I'm going to steal Sarah's thunder for a minute. Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) Right, because this is where we are not as, like, in schools, as kids, like, empathy is, like, the missing link right. to all of this. Yes. If you can stop and put yourself in somebody else's shoes. That's strong. But then it's, how are you teaching empathy on the systemic level? Right. Yes. Nod, wink. <laughs> I think we might know a trainer for that. <laughs> you might be able to find her at sarahmadras.com. Oh, yeah. From her. <laughs> maybe, maybe a phone call. <laughs> John Herring, we talk about success story of John Herring. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. I know John. He, it was all about empathy. Mm-hmm. And that's why John Herring is, he's really the unofficial mayor of Holly Springs, but they love mm-hmm. John Herring because of that. Yep. And that's why John Herring brought me in to train his team. Just saying. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I think it's one of those things that we're all going to, you can go back and listen to this at the end of the day and you either say, okay, you know what? We can do something about this or we're just going to. Right. You answer the call. by doing, Or you leave the status quo. By doing one thing. And if that, and that one thing can just be mm-hmm. communication. The, Are we ready for the lightning sorry. round? Yeah. Can I jump? I want to ask a question. Oh, yeah. yeah of course, questions? Joe. So one of the things that's bugging me about the current political nature of our country as a whole is how far we are divided. And the, the, the stats that bug me the most are the ones that show, like, in the past couple of years, like, 6% of mm-hmm. people used to feel that Republicans were completely wrong and working against our country, and then 5% of Democrats mm-hmm. felt like the exact true of the other party. Now it's up to double digits. Do you feel like you get to avoid that in a smaller town? Do you feel like it's the same amount of divide and why? It's when I decided to run for mayor, this was interesting, right? Here I am a black man, predominantly white town. And I said, first of all, I was like, I'm not capable of being a mayor. And my daughter was like, why? And I said, because I've never been a politician. And she said, that's why you need to do it. Because you will go in a direction that's different than historically how politicians have operated in Apex. So I was like, maybe she's, she may be up to something. That's good. So the one thing that I experienced for my campaign is that I had people who were far right conservatives, conservative, and then also left liberals that said, we won't jock. And I said, why? I couldn't figure that out. And it's because I just looked at people. I never looked at when I answered a call for service, I never punched in my computer. Like they're Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. 
black or white. Oh, I can't go there. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like I treat everybody with a response. Are they going to hear from me? I'm going to allow them to speak. Even if I don't agree, I'm still going to allow them to speak because I may get a nugget out of it. Yes. I don't know. I may hear something. And on a local level, I think you have to watch it more because people will use it against you locally. I, and you think it's, it's more insidious? Yes, absolutely. It can be. But more impact is made on a political level, I believe, in small towns. Because think about it. We look at the pandemic and the president went one direction. The governor went in a different direction. And that filtered down to towns and cities. So it's local level. And, and I think every leader, elected leader, has to move in an operation or move in a direction that we're unifying. We're unifying, not you can still have your opinions and views, but we have to remain united. Who's going anywhere? Right. You, who's who's going to mm-hmm. leave Apex? No one. We got to live together. Mm-hmm. So that's the direction I will continue to go in. You feel good about that, Joe? Okay. Mm-hmm. Lightning right. round, please, sir. <laughs> All righty. So did you want to say something, Joe? No. Oh, okay. okay. You look like you were getting ready to say something. You oh. did have a look. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's cool look, man. I always cool. look like I'm about to say something smart and it never happens. <laughs> I look like I'm on the verge of something. There's nothing. Uh, but So on that note, on the Girls Who Do Stuff, we do this fun thing called the lightning round, just to give our producer an excuse to use fun sound effects on his board. <laughs> and uh, so you. we rapid fire questions at you, and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Whoa. Yep. Wait a minute. You guys didn't give me any I warning. Know. No. That's I know. messed up. Okay. <laughs> Let's go for it. Let's have fun. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite place in the world? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> What's so funny about that question? I'm just still back on lightning around. I'm sorry. Hilarious. All right. Okay. We're serious. Okay. Favorite place in the world? Yeah. Apex. You have good living. I have to say that, but really it's the Grand Canyon. There you Ooh. go. Nice. I can see that. Expansive. You have mm-hmm. very much expansive mindset, so I can see Ooh. that. Ooh. We got to talk to you more. Uh, what is your number one favorite book? The Bible. Ooh. He's the first one that came out with that. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Okay. <laughs> what is the first thing you do in the morning? I um, pray out loud. Thank you for another day. And let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a nice like mindset reset. Yep. Wake up, start your day right. Totally. Yeah. So how do you measure success? Success is measured by the individual and going to bed at night before you go to bed and say, I've done everything I could do today, one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you could go back and advise yourself in the past, what age would you go back to and what would you say to yourself? 16. Or actually, I'd say high school. I would have lifted weights earlier. <laughs> I never had a girlfriend in high school. <laughs> I would have done that differently. Yeah. Just speaking the truth. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Oh, what is the number one thing on your bucket list? I still want to jump out of a plane. Why? Because I believe in overcoming fear. Mm-hmm. And it's always been one thing. Can I do it? Mm-hmm. And I just always keep finding an excuse like, oh, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next two years. So I just need to go ahead and do it. Gotcha. Yeah. What keeps mm-hmm. you up at night? The thought of, is there someone out there that needs me and I haven't heard from? Mm-hmm. Who are the people that challenge you? People who have different beliefs and think differently from different than me. Mm-hmm. They challenge me, but at the end of the day, I'm up for the challenge. 
Who are the people that hold you accountable? My wife and two kids. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yes. <laughs> can see that. Huh? I can see that. Cool. If y'all are ever in Apex and you stop by the Chamber of Commerce, you'll know Calabria when you see her. <laughs> and she's just a fantastic human being. Thank she really her. is. But she is a spitfire. She, she has is. said that she to is. me off air. She she's not just saying that. No, I'm not just saying that. No. She's very bossy she's too. She's going to set the world on fire. Yeah, hey, bossy just do. means leadership, right? <laughs> she's assertive. <laughs> yes. Assertive, I like that. <laughs> yes. <sighs> what is something people often get wrong about you? A lot of people say I have this serious look and I mean, but I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I like to have fun. Mm-hmm. I laugh all the time. Do y'all see meanness in me? Do I have that, that stern look? I can see the intimidation factor. I can't. So it is there. It's like you're not carrying the RBF, but you're like, you You have a, a strong stature, which to people who are insecure would come off as intimidating. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But when I do this, does it change? A little bit. <laughs> the pearly whites make it all nice and even. Thank yeah. You. That's awesome. And we got to wear a mask. I can't even show my pearly I whites know, in right? photos, man. I know. <laughs> I'm getting really adept at identifying people from the eyes up. I've had to say a couple of times out loud, I'm smiling because, you know, the <laughs> right. person can't see. Like, I don't know That's if right. you're catching this from this interaction, but. I'm smiling. <laughs> I'm smiling. That's so funny. The whole world smiles with you. Okay. You want to do the movie and the song? Yeah, sure. If your life had a theme song, what would it be? We can build this thing together. Nothing's going to stop us now. I can't remember who the artist it's is. Jefferson Starship. <laughs> Starship. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Such yeah. a good. Oh, it makes it. I know what movie that's from, and that's it's one of like the worst movies. <laughs> I'm like, it's in it's so mannequin. many movies. Yeah, it's romantic. Oh my god, y'all! I just had flashbacks of a child as a child watching right? Mannequin during the summer. Yes, I, like in my head, I'm also like, how did Jefferson Airplane turn into this? <laughs> yes, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Such you, Such good stuff. I pulled it up on YouTube, and it's all clips from Mannequin, which yeah! was a terrible movie. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. So on that note, if you if there was a movie made about your life, who would play you? I got my answer. I got my answer, too. Okay. I got to say it. Denzel. Yes! yes! That's what was mine, too. Also, uh, Idris Alba. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's Thank still you. Denzel, though. Like, I immediately saw yeah, Denzel. Yeah, immediately Denzel, but then yeah. as a backup, I would say Idris Alba. You didn't, I, I thought you were going to say Will. I've heard that. Interesting. He's, he's too eyes. rugged, a- though. He's too rough. Like, Tay Diggs is soft. Okay? Let's just break that down. Well, now he's never coming on the show. <laughs> no, he's going to come What's on and be like. Bit? Actually, going to bring him in. He was like, wait a minute. I have to prove. That's what, he's going to be like, I'll show you I'm not soft. <laughs> right, so- Oh, my gosh. This thank you for this. Episode. Yes. Thank you for joining oh, us today. Yeah. Y'all are awesome. It has been fun. How can our listeners get connected with you and get in touch with things like that? I would say I'm a big social media guy. And, of course, Calabria has pushed me in that direction. It's, mm-hmm. it's been fun. Facebook, Jacques Gilbert for mayor. Jacques K. Gilbert on Facebook. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter. His and then- video game is super strong. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Check You're welcome. Out. And my, my personal number is on the Town of Apex website, mm-hmm. so feel free to call I me. I was like, I can't believe he put that mess out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> His, he started out by saying he wants to be accessible. Right. He right. is yeah. very accessible. Yep. Love it. So, love you. it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank yep. you. We Girls who do you. stuff. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Remember to like, subscribe, comment. Rate us. It rate helps us. Find us. Yes. And mm-hmm. we love connection too. We are accessible. We are accessible. Slide into our DMs. I'm telling you, people do it all the time mm-hmm. and we love it. Yep, we totally do. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. 
You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.